Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. All right, welcome back to the Howl, and uh, this week we are doing. Uh, it's become an annual tradition. Normally, I embrace it a little more than I have this year, but we are going to do, or I'm going to do, a mock draft. And so, uh, if you want to find, first of all, if you want to find my big board, that can be found on Robin Hoop Radio. So, if you search Robin Hoop Radio on social media, you can find it. Uh, I've tweeted about, or I'm going to have tweeted about it, and you can also find it on any of the podcast forums you find us. So, whether that be on Podient, Stitcher iTunes, any of those places, you're going to have access to uh, Robin Hoop or The Howl or our third show that we have, the NBA 2K League show. I'm going to do things a little differently this year. I actually have it all set up in NBA 2K21. And what we're going to do here is let's take a look and see what makes the most sense as far as uh, each team goes. We'll kind of go through, obviously, starting with the Timberwolves, and then uh, we'll kind of go from there. And then we'll also uh, simulate things out a little bit and see how our mock or my mock draft, how it actually uh, ends up working out for some of these teams. Do they keep the players that we draft for them? Do they make changes? Uh, what do they do? And obviously, we are going to be using our official nothing but net draft class. Again, you can find that searching the gamer tag NBN dash radio, and that is the same that can be said for the actual roster that we put together. Search the gamer tag NBN dash radio, and you can use that with the draft class. So. Uh, here we go. The first thing I want to do is, by the way, is go to Trade Finder, and let's take a look and see what are some trades that we could possibly look at for the first overall pick. So before anything happens, before the draft, we have, uh, wow. So the first pick in Josh Okogie would get us a second-round pick in Joel Embiid. We have uh, the first pick in the 17th pick would get us George Hill and Chris Middleton, although obviously we know that's not possible because George Hill has already been traded. The Bucks made a ton of moves last night, so that's one thing to watch for. Uh, let's see. Zach Levine and Corey Joseph for the first pick. I'm going to pass on that. Kevin Love and pick five for pick one and pick 17. I don't understand that. That's like saying pick one is negative value almost. Because I'm sorry, Kevin Love's 30 years old. He's just not that good anymore. Uh, definitely don't want him here in Minnesota. 
We have uh, the first pick and D'Angelo Russell for Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. That's a. I'm not saying that's a bad trade. I'm just going to pass on it for our purposes just because I like D'Angelo Russell and I like his fit next to Towns. And I like the idea of being able to uh, see what those guys turn into together. All right, let's keep it going here. We have uh, number one for Valanchunas and Dylan Brooks. All right, Grizzlies, I know you want to get better in the West, but no one's, no one's taking that deal. It's funny. There's some deals that are just way too good to be true, and there's some deals where you just shake your head. I just don't, I don't get that. Uh, Clint Capella and six for, uh, let's see, the first pick, and then a 25 unprotected. I'm not doing that. What? 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 <laughs> um, let's see, the one and Nas Reed for Jimmy Butler and pick 20. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. You don't get Nas Reed. Look, in a in a world where Jimmy Butler wasn't the person that he was with the Timberwolves, obviously teams would do that trade, right? Now, granted, Jimmy Butler doesn't necessarily fit the window, but Jimmy Butler is as good as he is, correct? Like, you're doing this trade. I'm not doing it because it's not realistic uh, in terms of what we're looking at for this mock draft. I just wanted to kind of go over how the game valued the number one overall pick. Let's see. Uh, so the first pick in the draft and uh, an unprotected 25 for the third pick in Terry Rozier. Yeah, that's not happening. We are probably going to put a trade through, though, as part of the mock draft with Charlotte. That's not the trade, though. We have uh, uh, Bohan Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson. What? Uh, Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes? Come on. Vucevic and a 22 first-round pick? You know, I don't want Vucevic, but I'll tell you, that first-round pick in 2022 is not bad. That'll be the double draft, but again, not a great, not a great trade. You have Kristaps and pick 18 for Johnson and the one. I mean, yeah, right? That'd be fun. Maybe he's not the greatest fit next to Towns, but or actually, I take that back. Maybe he would be a good fit next to Towns. I don't know. That's a that's an interesting one. I'm, I'm not doing it. Obviously, it's not realistic. I'm just saying. Uh, Russell in the first for Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan. Um, what? <laughs> um, that's an interesting trade. We have. Oh, here we go. Jake Lehman and pick one for Nikolai Jokic. See, I knew Nikolai Jokic was overrated. <laughs> uh, not a. You know, that's another one where it, it's interesting. It'd be tough. How, like, how would you say, like, you couldn't say no to that, right? From a value perspective, you just couldn't. You would just, you would just make it work. Like, you would. I mean, that's how, that's how good Jokic is. I don't, I don't even like Jokic. Like, something about him just always has bothered me. But come on, he's a super talented player. I mean, there's no denying that. So it's not realistic, but of course you would do it. Like, if the Nuggets called, the Wolves would be like, um, yes, yes, please. And then they'd check their caller ID to make sure it actually was the Nuggets. And then they'd, uh, you know, as fast as possible get that into the league before the Nuggets could change their mind. You have a Brogdon and a 22 first. It's not terrible. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not a trade I'm doing, but I'm just saying it's not terrible. Pascal Siakam and a 22 first. Yes, like, of course. Like, of course we're doing that trade, <laughs> uh, but, but they're not. Uh, we have Russell Westbrook and a 25 second for the first pick. I mean, that's, that's interesting. It's a trade, right? We have uh, DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker. Yeah. Uh, also, another fun trade. Uh, would it's, it's very interesting. There's some interesting trades here. Here you go. The first pick overall, just straight up for Devin Booker. That's it. Just straight up for Devin Booker. We know that's not happening. Now, again, I have not taken the time yet to put the trades in, you know, moving Chris Paul to the Suns. Uh, those are things we're going to do before we do the official, like before we actually test out this mock draft. We'll do that, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, the first overall pick and D'Angelo Russell for Damian Lillard and a 22 first. I mean, what are we, come on, what are we doing here? Uh, it's interesting because I don't know that the Wolves would do this pit trade, 
the only the reason I say that is because I don't know. It's such a it's a tough thing. Obviously, value wise, no questions asked. Damian Lillard is amazing. You would love him here. How would Towns react to that? Trading his best friend. There's just some uh, behind the scenes stuff that's a little goofy to me. Um, but I mean, ultimately, come on, the Wolves would love that trade. Uh, here you go, Steph Curry and a 22 first for Russell and the, and the, and the pick one. I mean, come on, what are these trades? Uh, be, uh, the first pick for Bradley Beal. I mean, these are trades, right? That you. <laughs> They're interesting. Let's say that. They're interesting, to say the least. But we're not doing any of those trades. The trade we would be looking at would be the trade we're going to put through, which is the first pick in the draft for Miles Bridges and pick number three. That's what we're kind of looking at. Now, granted, an ideal world. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a look here. Let's try this. Let's go to the Hornets, right? Let's just take a look at their team and see if we're able to just, if we do the trade finder, would they, is there some sort of an amalgamation where they say, yeah, that's a trade we would look to do. Right? That's what I'm kind of looking at here. So let's just start off. Would they do... Okay, so to trade... So ridiculous. If we did the third pick in P.J. Washington, they are asking for the 17th pick in Carl Towns. So they didn't even ask for the first pick. And then if we wanted uh, the other trade they, they would be willing to do would be Russell, Culver, and pick 17 for pick three, P.J. Washington, and uh, 22nd pick. I mean, come on. What are you doing? That's I, I get overvaluing a player, but come on. And then we have, uh, here we go. So the the virtual Hornets would, in fact, take the first pick in the draft for Bridges and three, but we would have to include James Johnson, which um, I don't know why they would want James Johnson, and I don't, that, that just seems odd to me. I think that's, uh, to me, that, that kind of weakens the value of him as an expiring contract and him as a veteran presence on this team. So uh, in this instance, I'm going to say that that probably is unlikely at this point. So let's keep going here and see what else is out there. Um, or actually, I take that back. We're not going to do that. We're just going to we're going to put the trade through as we talked about. So go to uh, do go to uh, trade by pick, and then we will grab the first overall pick, and then we will jump over to the Hornets pick number three, and then we'll grab a player, of course, and that is Miles Bridges. Uh, we would like to make this trade, and boom, it is through. So there you have it. I do think that happens, actually. In fact, I, ha- I think this happens so much so that I actually put money on James Wiseman being the first overall pick because, to me, it seems like uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, enough stuff is out there about us possibly trading with the Hornets, including uh, you know some of the plugged-in guys have said just that, that it could be that that's the one team to look for as a trade-up. And so, to me, it makes sense for both squads. Some people are really, really down on Miles Bridges. There's a lot of Wolves fans, actually, that I've encountered, had conversations with that are very anti-Miles Bridges. I think that's crazy. We're going to sit here and say that he's been in the league not even two seasons, right, because of the shortened season. So one full season, we're going to say that he's, what, a finished product? There's a video out there that I believe I posted on social media but of him working out this offseason. He was working out with the likes of Michael Beasley, Desmond Bain, uh, one of my favorite prospects in this draft class. So they did a workout. Uh, they worked out together at their training facility, and not just workout. We're talking like a full-on scrimmage. His shot looks really good, Miles Bridges. Now you add that into what we already know about him as an athlete, being able to dunk. I think uh, he's a very, very good prospect. I loved him coming out of Michigan State, and to me, it's a very, very good trade. He fits that toolsy three slash four that we talk about all the time that Rosas wants. There's the deal. That's the trade that I'm going for if I am. The Timberwolves. I think it makes a lot of sense. Unless another team jumps in, right? You never know if a team like the Pistons. Now, granted, they don't have much to offer. But, you know, if you start with that for that early first-round pick and Sekou, that's at least something to start with. There's there's conversations that could be had. 
And so uh, that's the trade that we've uh, made. Uh, the other trades we got to do quickly is the other ones as far as uh, what we had with the Suns and the Bucks and those those deals that went through. Let me make a quick update to our draft and our rosters, and we will go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and this is The Howl. Obviously, we have gone in and made some trades, some adjustments here, and so I think that's... I mean, I kind of think that's where it kind of sets us apart from a lot of what you're seeing from the mock drafts out there is that we have gone ahead and we've set it up so that the trade has already happened. We got Miles Bridges. We got the third pick. And so we've also made, gone in, like I said, we've done those Pelicans, Kings, and Bucks trades just to make sure that the rosters are set up accordingly. So at least it's a good start. Now, the one thing we're going to do as we kind of go through this is we are going to not only go through my mock draft we're also going to take a look at some of the uh, quote-unquote experts uh you know the people that um you know highly respected guys in the industry uh we're going to have a look at uh, the ringer which of course would be kevin o'connor very big fan of his i think he does really good work and a lot of these are intel based so it's not like they're just you know throwing uh throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks this is actual um, intel based mock drafts at least in some of the cases we've got his we've got of course espn jonathan gavani we have Jonathan Wasserman, and then we have Matt Babcock. So that's what we're going to do. The one thing I'll start off with is saying that every single one of these, so keep that in mind, every single one of these mock drafters has us taking at number one Anthony Edwards. That is, and I, I'll say this, if you are going to take a player at pick number one, to me, Anthony Edwards makes the most sense. From a fit standpoint, the value is the is the issue where I run into. He does not have the trade value, in my estimation, that Lamelo Ball does. I think there's some teams that really, really value Lamelo Ball highly, as they should. Whether it's the Pistons, whether it's the Knicks, there's a number of teams in this draft that would love to have him on the squad. So, with that in mind, you go back to the most recent thing that Rosas said, and he said drafting need is a slippery slope, right? He said drafting the best player available. And to me, the best player available is not Anthony Edwards. And so that's where the slippery slope. But most people think, it sounds like, the steam is that we would take Anthony Edwards. So if we were doing this without trades, I would probably draft Anthony Edwards here, just given that's where most of the intel has it going. Uh, But again, I don't think that's the most realistic thing. Now, the other thing we have to touch on is there is a rumor out there or a report of the Hawks looking at making a trade with us. We're trying to get back into the lottery to get a second lottery pick. And the rumor was it would be Jarrett Culver and pick 17 to move up to pick 6. And I'm going to say that not only do I like that trade, and here's the thing, I like Jarrett Culver. I don't love Jarrett Culver. Very interesting rookie season would be a nice way to put it, but it didn't jump off the page and make him untouchable in my eyes. I think there's some people out there that say, oh, you can't give up on him early. I don't feel like that's giving up on him early to trade him after a down rookie season and a pick 17 to move into the top six of the lottery in a draft that, even though people like to say that it's a weaker draft, there are some absolute studs in this draft class, if you ask me. And so I would 100% move up and, and take pick number six. Think about it this way. If you are the Timberwolves, let's say you move back to three, and let's say LaMelo Ball is available, and you grab him, and then you make the other trade, and you, you move from 17. Yes, you have to move on from Culver, but you move up into the draft, and at six, now we're talking who? 
Who are we talking at six? Ice Kokoro. We're talking Denny Obdia. Whoever slides to six, and you're going to be able to grab that player, it's a no-brainer to me. On top of that, if you've already moved from pick one to pick three, you still are going to get, by all accounts, either LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards. And so you're telling me we're going to leave this draft with, let's say, LaMelo Ball at three, and just, you know, for argument's sake, Isaac Okoro. And by the way, I would have, 10 times out of 10, would I rather have Isaac Okoro over our guy Culver. I mean, it just would. It's, to me, it's not, even a, it's not even a question. So even though I do think this trade isn't set in stone, especially the Hawks actually just came out recently and said they're picking at six. That's Now, of course, what's he, what's he supposed to say, right? Until a deal is done, what's he supposed to say? That's what I'm, I'm curious to see if it actually happens. But I, I want it to happen. I am a guy that wants to see this trade happen. So my goal is to, I'm going to put it out there and put it out into the ether, as they say, and maybe if we wish it, maybe it can happen, right? So we're going to, for our mock draft, we're going to do that. We're going to have it, the 17th pick and Culver are going to be traded to the Hawks. So we're going to make that happen. So we've already added in the, the, the pick, and then we just got to go in and add the players as well. So that's kind of the next, uh, the next step, if you will. And I, to me, it's a... To me, it's a very solid trade. I think it's good value for both teams, right? You're getting Jarek Culver, who a year ago was considered one of the top-tier players. And yes, maybe he didn't have the greatest season, right? But you're also getting that 17 pick. You're going to get a very valuable play piece there. And so if you're the Hawks, I think, it's a good, I think it's good value. And if you're the Wolves, I think it's good value too. To me, it's, a, it's one of those few trades where I kind of look at it and say, you know, I feel like this is, is pretty much a win-win. So we're going to go ahead and put that trade through. Boom, there you go. Pick number six, and now we will jump into the draft and start up the mock draft. Now, again, all the experts that we've looked at or that we're going to be looking at have Anthony Edwards going pick number one. Of course, in reality, the way I look at it is if this trade happens, then it is going to be James Wiseman. He's going to be the number one pick. So that's what I have. The Hornets taking James Wiseman with the first overall pick. Jump into pick number two with the Warriors. There's a lot of steam about moving up. The problem is, or, sorry, about a lot, of t- a lot of steam about the Warriors wanting to move back. The problem is you're not hearing a lot of steam about moving up. And I think one of the few teams that was willing to do so was going to be the Hornets, it sounds like. Now, there are other teams, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Pistons, that could happen. And if there is a trade-up, I'll tell you this, I do, I do think if there's a trade-up, it's going to be for LaMelo Ball. That's my guess. But I don't know that anyone's going to ma- really be able to match uh, value with... Uh, I think moving it's tough to move from eight to two, right, or seven to two. So ultimately, I do think the Warriors end up making the pick, and it is going to be Anthony Edwards. To me, his ceiling is high enough, and the Warriors as a team, their floor is high enough where I think that he is the perfect fit in this draft class. I don't think they can afford to wait on some of these, you know, other prospects that are out there that are more of a project. They can't really do that, which is why I always thought the fit for James Wiseman was a little goofy there, right? Um, now, if James Wiseman is available, it sounds like maybe they would look to take him. It sounds like they like him. I, I don't love the value there. I don't love the – I just – I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big fan there, so we'll see. Uh, looking at uh, how things work, that's who uh, you know, Kevin O'Connor has them taking is James Wiseman. And then you look at uh, James Wiseman from Jonathan Wasserman. Let's take a look at ESPN and see what they have in store. Same with uh, Babcock Coops. Uh, Babcock Coops also has James Wiseman going at pick number two. So, like I said – that seems to be the popular pick. Um, for some reason, ESPN, uh, their actual mock draft is not working at the moment. So we'll have to go back and kind of check that out. 
maybe down the road in this mock draft. But as of now, anyways, it's it looks like their website is not working properly. Oh, pop up popped up just as I say that, and there it is again. James Wiseman at pick number two. I'm curious, what does he say? He says while Wiseman has long looked looked like the safest pick, which I'm going to strong disagree with that, and best positional fit here, which that's true. Um, he no longer appears to be a lock for Golden for Golden State after Ball conducted an impressive workout in front of key members of the Warriors ownership group, front office and coaching staff. Ball's talent presents the possibility for special long-term upside. While Wiseman might be better equipped and immediately help, the Warriors have continued to do their due diligence by traveling to watch Anthony Edwards work out for a second time in recent days after an initially underwhelming first viewing. To me, I'm, I'm sticking with my guns. I think it's going to be Anthony Edwards here. Maybe they go out of left field and go after LaMelo Ball, but to me, I think considering how much smoke they've put out, to me it's tough to really take anything that you hear with more than a grain of salt. And so I am going to go, like I said, we did end up taking the prospect, and that is, of course, uh, Anthony Edwards there. Next up, Wolves, of course, at pick number three. And to me, if you're not going to trade back again, now there have been rumors that uh, the Pistons or the Knicks do want to move up. And I, I will say, I, I can see a scenario where that makes sense. The problem that you run into with those teams is that there's not a lot of great value there. So the teams, you, the, the things you'd be looking at would be, all right, if you're the Pistons and you call the Wolves, what do you have to offer that's going to be valuable enough to move up all the way to three, right? That's, that's a number of spots. And to me, it's tough to do if, unless they're willing to consider Sekou. And by some reports is they're not willing to do that. And so then well, I'm hanging the phone up, right? So we'll see what happens. But for the purposes of right now, I think the Wolves are going to take LaMelo Ball at three. I'll tell you this. Even though I don't love the fit here, I'm a huge LaMelo Ball fan. I think his ceiling is off the charts. And I would absolutely be thrilled if he's on the Wolves. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I, I think he's that good. And so the Wolves, in this instance, take him at pick number three. And next up, we will have the Chicago Bulls. Now, uh, the, according to – now, if you're going w- with the other mocks – you have ESPN does have LaMelo Ball going here at three. Same with Babcock Hoops. I'm assuming, yep, Jonathan, we- Jonathan Wasserman says the same thing. And, oh, wow, the interesting thing here we have is looking at Kevin O'Connor. He actually has Onyeko Okongwu going, which, by the way, I think it's fair to say that Onyeko Okongwu was a better center prospect than James Wiseman, or at least his floor. If you want to talk about safer players, to me, Onyeko Okongwu is hands down the safer player. I don't even know how it's a conversation, and yet here we are. So I, I like what I like where his head is at. If you're a team that needs a center, a Kongwu. And if I was the Warriors and I really wanted a center, that's the prospect I'd be looking at at pick number two. Uh, so he actually has him going there. And now pick four, you have Kevin O'Connor saying, we're going to go with LaMelo Ball because it makes sense. That's the best value play there for the Bulls. I have heard that they've had some interest. But in our scenario, in our mock here, we he's gone. Uh, you know, Melo Ball's not there. And to me, the next guy that I've heard linked to them quite a bit is Denny Avdia, and I do think he's a great option for them. So we're going to go Denny Avdia, pick four to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, let's take a look here at what else the other experts say. So looking at Jonathan Wasserman, he also has Denny Avdia going there. Looking at, uh, yep, and same with ESPN, Jonathan Gavani has him going at pick number four there, which makes some sense. That's the guy that that I say, let's hear what Jonathan has to say. He says NBA teams continue to str- to struggle to get a handle on Chicago's intentions over the past few weeks. Plenty of chatter. Oh yeah, the other name that's really started to pop up for the Bulls is Patrick Williams, and I love Patrick Williams. I think if you took Patrick Williams here, that's fine. I get it, but to me, Denny's a much better prospect. 
that's me. A lot of people are down on Denny compared to me. I'm higher than almost anybody. So he also says, although active in potential trade discussions for veteran point guard, the Bulls already have several interesting young pieces. The the new front office probably will want to learn about how more learn more about firsthand. Uh, Avdia's size, versatility, and feel for the game and role playing potential make him a good fit anywhere while offering another playmaking option as he develops. I mean, makes perfect sense to me. I mean, honestly, that's that's the direction I think it's going. So there you go. Most of them agree with me that uh, Denny's the pick. Obviously, things are a little different when you look at the ringer, only because Kevin O'Connor has a limo ball still available. Uh, next up, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I have heard uh, lots of steam linking one specific prospect, and that is a guy I'm not a big fan of, and that is uh, Grand Poppin. That is Obi Toppin. He is uh, going to be the pick here for me at going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. This has really been a link that I've seen quite often, whether it's in other mock drafts, whether it's from uh, people that cover the team. I've seen that name a lot. And looking at Babcock, Hoops, ESPN, they all say the same thing. They have Obi Toppin going there, and so does Jonathan Wasserman. Taking a look at and an interesting thing. So, of course, when you look at a mock draft, one change makes such a big difference. So you look at Kevin O'Connor's pick or draft, and with with Denny still on the board, the Cavs make the right decision, and they do take Denny Avdia over Obi Toppin. So there you have it there. Uh, pretty good options for the Cavaliers sitting here at this pick. And they could also do what they've been doing the last 100 drafts or so and just take another point guard, right? Maybe they'll just take Killian Hayes. I, it's one of those things where we laugh about it, but if you're a Cleveland fan, it's got to be a little tough every single year drafting another point guard and having them not pan out or maybe not having the season you hoped, right? Sexton's been a little underwhelming. I would say the same for Garland. I actually think Garland had a pretty good season, but it's tough to say. It depends on your expectations. I know as a Wolves fan, I really wanted Garland last year. I was I was pretty all in on that pick, and when the Cavs did the strange decision of taking him, obviously it threw everything off, and that goes back to why I think the Wolves are more than willing to uh, include Culver if they have to to get a higher trade done. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. All right, next up, we have you know a good amount of prospects left, obviously, that we like, and we're looking at, at pick number six. And at pick number six, of course, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you're sitting here at pick six, you've already taken LaMelo Ball. What's the next step? And for me, it's a no-brainer. I think you have to, have to, have to take Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro is arguably the best player in this draft, and he he is the best player if he could already shoot. So we're going to grab Isaac Okoro there at pick number six. Next up, let's actually let's take a look at what the experts say. So at six, they have Patrick Williams going. Now, in this specific instance, uh, looking at that, we we see that uh, – give me a second here as we go through Patrick Williams. So would he make a lot of sense for the Wolves? Absolutely. If the Wolves were to take Patrick Williams, though, over Isaac Okoro, I think I'd be a little bummed. I would be. I do think that Isaac Okoro is a better player and has the higher upside, but Patrick Williams isn't that far off, right? He's a very good prospect, and he fits the team very well. The other popular picks, if you take a look at that sixth position when you're taking a look at the other mock drafts, so whether it's Bleacher Report has Anika Kongu going to the Hawks there, you have, uh, but the other popular pick, uh, looking like at pick number six, it looks like ESPN's uh, page has has frozen again. Unfortunately, so we'll skip that. But uh, Matt Babcock also has Anyeka Kongo would be the pick for him as well at pick number six. So that kind of gives you a little perspective uh, as far as that pick is concerned. Uh, where some of the other mock drafts sit now at pick seven, 
from my understanding of who's based on who's available, uh, two players that have been brought up, I have seen, well, I've seen a number of things. I've seen the need for point guard, and then I've actually seen the player named is Patrick Williams, a guy that's starting to jump up boards. And so to me, I get that they like point guards, but if you're looking at a serious value perspective, I don't think you can take a guy like, let's say, Tyrese Halliburton or uh, maybe Kyra Lewis, I guess. I could see maybe a Kyra Lewis going here, but ultimately I do think just given all the steam we've heard about him moving up boards, teams liking him, for the Pistons here, we are going to go with Patrick Williams. I think Patrick Williams is a very good prospect. I'm not going to claim to know the Detroit Pistons roster all that well. I mean, they do have Derrick Rose there as far as point guards are concerned, and they do have uh, you know some other pieces. Obviously, Blake Griffin's there, and maybe my understanding is they're looking to possibly move on from him. So I think it's going to be tough. Patrick Williams, though, young prospect. It's a team that's not going to be contributing anytime sooner. Uh, it's, a, it's a team, I should say, that's not going to be competing anytime soon. So uh, with that in mind, I think that's a good bet to go there. Let's take a look at the experts. Bleacher Report has Tyrese Halliburton, but uh, Jonathan also does mention uh, uh, that he's hearing a lot of steam about the Pistons liking Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is, let's see, so Tyrese Halliburton is the player that uh, the ringer has going there, so Kevin O'Connor likes him. And then if you look at ESPN, they go Patrick Williams. And let's see, Babcock Hoops also goes Patrick Williams. So it makes some sense. Uh, either of those are going to be players that they like. Uh, for me personally, I just think if you're going to grab a guy, grab the guy that probably has a little more upside to me, which is going to be Patrick Williams. Next up on the list, we have at pick number eight, that is the New York Knicks. I think a number of players they probably liked are already off of the board. So it's going to be uh, taking a look at their team and deciding what is the position or what is the value that we see here at pick number eight. The tough thing for me uh, when evaluating the Knicks is they just don't have much to like. I mean, it's, I mean, I hate to be honest, Knicks fans, but there's just not much there. Now, in terms of a value perspective, it's tough to say uh, who really is the top value here. Uh, it depends. I think each person you ask would be a little different. I think, though, if if I'm looking at this and I'm being smart about it, the guy that probably makes a lot of sense in terms of value would be Killian Hayes. I think Killian Hayes would be a really good fit here for the Knicks. Uh, that's probably the guy that I would look to go for. But the problem I run into is that my understanding is that NBA teams themselves do not value Hayes as, as high as a lot of us in the draft sphere uh, value him. So that's why I don't think I'm going to go that route because I'm not taking the players based on what I would do. I'm trying to look at it from a team perspective based on the intel that's out there, based on the news that's out there. What is the player that probably makes the most sense? Now, I really like Killian Hayes, and I like the fit here in terms of value. Looking at who else is available, I just think the value is too good to not go Killian Hayes. I do know that they are fans of his, and I, I remember seeing that they were supposed to have a workout, then there were some COVID concerns, so they weren't able to get a workout in with him, but they do like him. And I think if the board falls this way, you got to go Killian Hayes. That's that's me personally, and Given that there are some ties to Killian Hayes, I'm going to grab Hayes. I think he's a good match for the Knicks and their future. So Killian Hayes is the pick to the Knicks. Let's go over to our other players here and see who they would have taken. So Matt Babcock at that pick, he says Isaac Coro would go, but he's already off the board, obviously, in our mock. We then have oh, Tyrese Halliburton is another one. That's what ESPN has said about that. And looking at, uh, they say this is the low end of Halliburton's draft range. 
he's getting looks higher than this. Oh, I just don't. Me personally, I don't get that. I, I like him, but I don't love him. And so, you know, they, they talk about here how he'd be a strong fit in the backcourt with R.J. Barrett. You just, to me, you can't pass up on, I don't, I just don't see how you can pass up on Killian Hayes. That's the tough part. But there's so much steam now with uh, Halliburton starting to jump up boards. That's the tough part. I know Knicks fans uh, are pretty high on Killian Hayes going to the Knicks. All right, we are sticking with it, and we're going to move on to the next pick here. Um, we're obviously a little different than some of these other guys here. Uh, Devin Vassell, by the way, is who uh, Jonathan Wasserman has going at that spot. And Obi Toppin is who the ringer has going there. But, of course, Obi Toppin is already taken. So we move on to the next pick in the draft. That is the Washington Wizards. Washington's, can we be honest here? Washington's a bad team. I mean, they just, they're just not a good team. And that's the long and short of it. So you look at who's available, looking at some of the positions that they may actually need. But again, you're probably going to just, you're going to draft for value, right? If you're a smart team, you're drafting for value. And to me, if you look at how the board has fallen, and you look at their team, obviously, if, if they really are planning on building around, let's say, Bradley Beal, you're not going to go with a guard necessarily. Uh, they do still have John Wall. We'll see, you know, time will tell how he comes back from his injuries. But I look at how the board has fallen, and I just see uh, a name that sticks out to me. I find it tough that they're going to be able to pass on Onyeka Kongwu. So that is the pick we're going with. Onyeka Kongwu going at uh, the ninth pick to the Wizards. And now we have the Suns who are drafting at pick 10, which, by the way, can we talk about how they were able to make that big trade to grab CP3 and they didn't have to include the 10th pick? Now, they did have to include a 2022 pick, which a lot of people seem to be forgetting. That could be the double draft. If that's the double draft, that's a very valuable pick. So keep that in mind when you're looking at value here. Looking at the Suns, I mean, who do they want to go with, right? They've got CP3, obviously, but do they want to get a, a guy for the future, right? The name that I've heard really high up and linked to the Suns is Devin Vassell. And to me, it's a no-brainer here. I love the the value of Devin Vassell. I think he makes a lot of sense. And again, given this trade, why not grab the player that I think probably is the best available as well at this spot? So I'm going to grab uh, Devin Vassell, I think, to the Suns. Let's just look over the, the list of players. We talked about how, you know, maybe Halliburton for the future. Uh, do you really want to go that route now, though? Uh, looking at some of the other names on the list, uh, Vassell really sticks out to me. Yep, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take uh, Devin Vassell here to the Phoenix Suns at pick number 10. And I haven't really decided yet. I think we're just going to do the top 30 is my guess. I'm not going to go, you know, a full 60 just because you get into that second round and there's so many goofy things that happen. So I think, you know, a first round mock probably makes the most sense. All right. So now we have the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, What are the San Antonio Spurs looking for in a draft pick? For For me, this is kind of an easy pick just because I like the value here. He's a good player and it's a name that's been tied to the Spurs quite a bit. At least in my estimation, that's that's what I've seen, is that his name has popped up uh, quite often. So uh, taking a look at uh, that, the, the guy for me would be Sadiq Bey. I think Sadiq Bey makes a lot of sense. They, again, like I said, they've been tied to him, and he's a very good player. I don't have him on my board this early, but I have no issue with the team taking him this early. I'm a huge Sadiq Bey fan. I really like what he brings to the table. So... Uh, that's the pickup we're going to grab here. So Sadiq Bay to the Spurs, and that is at pick number 11. Solid pick there, and now we move on to the Sacramento Kings. 
All right, so I think going with the value, uh, you know, one name I've seen tied to the Kings is um, Kyra Lewis Jr. is a name I've actually seen tied to the Kings. But for me, if I'm, I'm taking notice of, you know, they've already got De'Aaron Fox, so what are they going to, what do they need another point guard for, right? Or necessarily that type of point guard. I look at a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who I think would be a solid value pick here, just given how most teams view Halliburton. And there's been a lot of steam that he'd go higher than this. So I think if they're going to go with uh, one of the better players available, uh, that would be my option here is Halliburton. Obviously, you get a little more size with Halliburton as well. So there you have it. I'm going to go with Tyrese Halliburton uh, here at this pick for the Kings. Again, I think this is very good value for them here. And uh, we'll go with that. Now let's take a look at what the the experts are saying, uh, if we want to call them experts, um, or maybe you know, trusted draft minds, maybe some of the guys that are a little more uh, tied in, if you will. Uh, so Kyra Lewis Jr. is actually who uh, the ringer has the, the Kings taking. Killian Hayes is who we see with uh, Bleacher Report. So we're looking at a lot of guards. Uh, Killian Hayes is also who they have them taking on ESPN. And then let's see about Babcock Hoops has them taking Killian Hayes. So... Man, it seems surprising to me that he would drop that far. I, I don't. I'd be if I. I guess I'd be a little frustrated if uh, that was going to happen. To me, he's very much should be in the conversation much earlier than this. But time will tell. But it sure, you know, is pointing to a lot of teams not being as high on Hayes as, as like we said, as the draft sphere really is. Uh, all right, so let's see who next up. We have uh, you know, there's lots of picks available, lots of teams available. Uh, as far as trades are concerned. So I'm very curious what is actually going to uh, happen in the draft. I think there's a lot of, there's probably going to be a lot more movement than we've already anticipated. Obviously, I've been looking at this from a Wolves perspective, but you know, there's lots of other storylines that could take place. So next up here at uh, pick number 13, we have the uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, picking. And if you're looking at who's available, looking at what the best options are to me, one of the better players available, as we talked about, is going to be Kyra Lewis Jr. Definitely one of the tops on my board as far as available players are concerned. Yep, so we're going to go Kyra Lewis to the Pelicans here at pick number 13. Uh, to me, it's just a very good value pick. Uh, Pelicans obviously are not a finished product, but they've got some really nice pieces. The second you have Zion Williamson, you have a bright future. I think that's fair to say, as long as he stays healthy. That's going to be the biggest caveat for him. So Kyra Lewis is the pick there. Let's take a look at what the other names have to say. So looking at Babcock Hoops, so yep, they also actually end up going uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. here. Let's take a look at ESPN. ESPN has Kyra Lewis Jr. Bleacher Report, let's take a look at them. They have Sadiq Bey uh, going to 13. Obviously, he's already off the board. And Kyra Lewis, Kyra Lewis, sorry, Kyra Lewis Jr., it's a name for some reason I struggle with at times. Um, he's already off the board for the ringers. They have him going with Devin Vassell. If Devin Vassell was there and Kyra Lewis wasn't, another great pickup. I think either player would be fantastic here uh, for the Pelicans. Next up, we have the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston Celtics are a team that uh, they're in a really weird place right now. They're a very talented team, but I think there's lots of question marks with uh, their future. Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to make some trades? Uh, I know currently they're trying to uh, get the deadline moved to further out for Gordon Hayward, what he wants to do with his player option. Uh, that's one thing to look at. So we're sitting here at 14. What do they want to do? They want to grab uh, a player that 
can really fit for the future. They want to grab the best player available. So based on the way the our the way based on the way we've set up this draft, right? The best player available right now would probably be I would say I mean, based on my board, it'd be like Tyrese Maxey or Cole Anthony or maybe like Precious Achua. We've also got Grant Riller, Desmond Bain. Uh, those are the players that really stand out to me at this point. So let's take a look and, and think to ourselves, what are the names that have been tied to the Boston Celtics? Uh, one name I have seen other people's put there would be Precious Achua. So he could make a lot of sense. The thing to keep in mind that I'm starting to look at now is it really sounds like there's going to be a trade at some point for the Celtics. And plus that they're not going to hold on to three draft picks in the first round. That just doesn't make sense. That's not something most teams will do unless you're like a young rebuilding team, which the Celtics are not. It also, you know, some signs point to maybe that's the reason why they're looking to extend the deadline for Gordon Hayward. Maybe there's a trade out there that they want to have the option open for. I mean, I guess we'll see. Lots of stuff really on the table here. Uh, the goofy thing with the Celtics is there's not a lot of names that necessarily have, have really uh, come up as far as I can tell. So there's not like a name that jumps off the page where I say, all right, this is a guy that's been, you know, long since uh, mocked to this team. And so uh, that's the kind of the, the curious, uh, curious thing I'm looking at. There's some other players available. Now, now Precious Chewett, uh, when he was interviewed recently, he did say the teams he worked out for were the Celtics, the Wizards, and Miami. So Celtics obviously uh, are a team that likes him. Uh, they must. They must think there's there's something there. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, one of the players that we we could look at as well, actually has had no contact uh, with the Celtics. Uh, Jalen Smith, uh, I guess he talked about. He felt like he's a good fit with the Celtics if they were to draft him. Uh, he thinks he has versatility on both ends. And then in person workouts, I guess that the Celtics have had are Vassell, Maladone, uh, Hampton, Neesmith, and Achua. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the listing we're looking at here. Hmm. I don't know what to say. To me, I think the guy I'm going to go with is Precious Achua here. I'm a big fan of Precious. I, I liked him actually at 17 for the Wolves. So we're not far off here. Um, very solid player. I think he's going to be very switchable, and he's going to be able to be a, a de- I think he's going to end up being a decent shooter. There are a lot of people that disagree with me on that, uh, but I do think he's shown enough where I, I could see that happening. So there you go. Precious Achua going at pick number 15 uh, to the... Sorry, pick number 14, right? Uh, you know, when you do these mock drafts, uh, occasionally, yeah, 14. 14, obviously. And then uh, next up we have 15, and that is the Orlando Magic. But before we get there, let's go over the, the other people and what their picks are. RJ Hampton is who uh, Kevin has going to the Boston Celtics. And then looking at Bleacher Report, they have, let's see, Precious Achua. They say it wouldn't be surprising if another team ended up picking at number 14. With sources suggesting the Celtics are up to something, teams we've spoken to in the 20s don't expect the Chua to be there. His defensive versatility is an attractive selling point, while flashes of offensive skill create hope for some bonus scoring potential. That's how I feel. I'm I'm right there with them. Looks like uh, ESPN is the same. They are also going with Precious Achua here. I mean, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think, you know, when all is said and done, I think it is a good chance, like they talked about, that this pick isn't theirs anyways. So this would be a, an area where Precious Achua might go no matter who's picking, just because he's a very solid prospect. Uh, the rumor, or the report was, by the way, that the Celtics actually offered their three first-round picks as well as Gordon Hayward uh, in an tr- attempt to get Drew Holiday, obviously, who ended up going to the Bucks. So um, obviously there's uh, some, some room there. 
for a, a trade if they want to look that direction. And to me, that seems like something that could really much happen. Celtics, by the way, according to Babcock Hoops, have Alexei Pokasevsky uh, going here. I don't think he really fits what they're trying to do. I don't know that they can necessarily wait. I think they need someone that's going to be able to help out sooner than later if they're going to be competitive in the East. A lot of it depends on the trades, of course, but to me, Poku doesn't make a lot of sense for them. Uh, me, personally, uh, I, I, don't, I don't love that. As a, I think that's be- the value is there. I think this is right around where he could go, kind of starting in this, in this range, maybe a little sooner. But I think a team that can wait, afford to wait on him a little more makes some sense. The Celtics are good, but they're kind of stuck in no man's land right now. I kind of look at them very similarly to um, the Clippers, right? Not the Clippers now, but the Clippers when you had you know Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and uh, Blake Griffin. It always seemed like they were a good team. They were right there, right? Every you know you could see them. There's, there's no game that they couldn't win, but they never made it to the next step. You know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That's kind of how I look at the Boston Celtics. So. I don't think Poku makes a lot of sense. So Precious Achua is the pick. Now we are on to the, or let's see. Let's take a look at who is next on our list. And that's going to be the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic are a very influx team. Uh, There's definitely some rumors out there they could look to maybe move Aaron Gordon. I know there's some Wolves fans that are pretty high on grabbing Aaron Gordon and finding a way to make that work. I am not one of those Wolves fans. I get the idea of Aaron Gordon and why he could be a fit. I just think you're going to have to give up too much, and he makes a lot of money. So for me personally, I, uh, I'm i not really on that bandwagon, at least not right now. It's interesting. When you look at the Orlando Magic, there's a number of players that, to me, make some sense, but also that have kind of been mentioned. You talk about a player like Cole Anthony. You have R.J. Hampton, Aaron Neesmith, uh, a lot of guys there. The guy that I'm going to go with is the player that I think kind of, you know, something about him kind of reminds me a bit of Zach Levine. And I'm going to go with R.J. Hampton here. Hopefully he, they bring him in. He's very athletic, and he can maybe be a nice compliment uh, to Markel Fultz, who I, I believe they think is going to be a big part of their future. So R.J. Hampton is going to be a pick at number 15. Next up, we have a pick 16, and that is going to the Houston Rockets. Here we go, Houston Rockets. This is part of the uh, the trade they made with the Blazers uh, in order to uh, – they got this in the exchange for Robert Covington. So let's take a look here and see what uh, what kind of players they would be looking at at pick number 16. Rockets are a team that looks like they're likely going to be in some sort of a rebuild. So a lot of it's going to depend, does a James Harden trade happen first? Does a Russell Westbrook trade happen first? Do neither trades happen? Do they convince them to stay? There's a lot of question marks here with this Rockets team. Time will tell. Let's see what we want to do and, and kind of what are some names we'll go over that uh, they like in this draft. Now, given they didn't have this pick until recently, it's tough to really say they're linked to names. To me, I'd like to probably say to myself, all right, if I'm the Rockets, I'm going to probably need to grab the guy that we think can not only play well at a high level right away, given we have to have something on the court, right? And we're, we're probably going to lose our two best players uh, in terms of working you know, some sort of a trade deal. You know, I'm going to go with a player that I think makes a lot of sense if you're going for not only a guy that can play right away, but has high upside and talent and that is uh, the best player available on my personal board, which would be Tyrese Maxey. Uh, that's the pick I'm going to have going to the Rockets here. Very, very good player. You look at the, the the last few drafts, and Kentucky guards tend to be undervalued. And this is another instance where it's happening yet again. So Tyrese Maxey is the pick. Let's take a look at what the others have to say here. So Babcock Hoops, he has uh, Jaden McDaniels going here. Would be an interesting pick. Uh, obviously, some upside there. 
we have ESPN does have Tyrese Maxey. So let's see. They listen or they list at uh, a new Houston front office would pick for a franchise that rarely drafts this high in the in the first round. Makes sense to employ a best player available strategy. So there you have it. And it's to me, it's either him or Cole Anthony make the most sense. And let's see, Jonathan Wasserman says the same thing. Also has Tyrese Maxey. And Precious Achua is who they have at the ringer. So uh, a few different players, but uh, a few guys agree with me that Maxey could make some sense here. So that is the pick. So Tyrese Maxey, again, going to the Houston Rockets. Uh, next up, we have the Atlanta Hawks uh, picking at number 16, or sorry, at picking at number 17 because they made that trade with our own Minnesota Timberwolves. And when it comes to this trade that we went through, there's not really anything to really base it off of the pick we're going to go with, right? Because the players that the Hawks have been working out are players that are looking at it pick number six. So they obviously did their research on other players, but they're not tied to a lot of names. So to me, you look at what do they already have? The two names that stick out to me really for guys I think would make some sense for them would be Cole Anthony, who maybe isn't a great fit necessarily, but best player available, I think, uh, as as far as I can tell, on my board for sure. And then Aaron Neesmith. And to me, uh, you know, I look at both players, I like them both, but I think the better fit for what they've already got would be uh, to grab a guy like Aaron Neesmith, to me anyways. Um, I really like what he brings to the table. So uh, And the shooting, you add that shooting to what you already have with Trey Young, and, and other pieces, you know, Kevin Herter. There's some nice pieces there with Atlanta. It's a little tough. You know, I, as I sit here right about to make the pick, it's it's a little interesting to me, and it's a little tough because I'm so torn between these two players. And so when we look at uh, the the actual Hawks roster, I'm going to pull that up, actually. one The place I like to go, by the way, when I'm doing any of this is spotrack.com, just because you get a look at the contracts and and, and everything that's going to be active as far as, you know, who's signed for how long. And it, it kind of gives you a better look at their actual roster. So they've got, you know, they've got Trey Young. Aside from that, they could use another ball handler. I look at this and, man, you know, I, I, I it's tough to really see what their best options are. So looking at their uh, actual, like, full-on... Uh, roster here. There's not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot going on. As we look at the players that are actually under contract, the only uh, you know they have Trey Young, and then they have the the potential for Brandon Goodwin. I guess they could keep. I'm not real familiar with Goodwin, so I don't I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, you know, I look at this roster, and man, it's it's tough. But I, I think I got to go with a different strategy. As much as I want to go Naismith, I do think I'm going to end up going Cole Anthony here. Get him a secondary ball handler. Um, I think you can play those two together as well. Uh, they're both versatile enough and both good enough players. Uh, that athleticism, if he gets that explosiveness back, which I think Cole Anthony will now that he's healthy, I'm doing it. I'm going Cole Anthony at that pick to the Atlanta Hawks. Next up, we have uh, obviously a very good Mavericks team. With that's a t It's a team that doesn't need as much in order to be competitive. They're going to be a good, solid team no matter what uh, this coming season. So then you look at the roster, and you look at who's going to be able to compete or contribute immediately, right? And so uh, a guy that comes comes to mind for me is the guy we just talked about, which would be Aaron at Neesmith. And I think if you're the Mavericks, you could do a lot worse than grabbing arguably the best shooter in this draft class. Neesmith did actually have an interview with the Mavs, and it sounds like it went well. 
To me, it's a very, very solid pick, and this is going to be your best player available. It makes a lot of sense to grab uh, Aaron Neesmith if you are the Dallas Mavericks. So that's the direction that we're going to go here. We're going to grab Aaron Neesmith. Again, I really like his fit with this uh, with this team, and I think they're going to have uh, a very bright future regardless of who they take here. But Aaron Neesmith, to me, if he falls to this point, is an absolutely fantastic value for them. Uh, next up on the docket, we have the New Jersey Nets uh, coming up here with this pick. Uh, the Nets are another team that's that's very, very interesting. Now, there is uh, the trade rumors out there that they're looking at possibly trying to grab, I think I think maybe, well, I don't think Russell Westbrook, but I, I do, James Harden has been linked to them. So uh, James Harden, this would be a, I would assume this would be one of the picks that would go that direction if that happens. But as of right now, we're going to look at this and say, all right, there is no trade yet. It is just speculation. And we'll see who are the best fits for this Nets team. Before we move on, we should actually take a look at what the other people thought at pick number 18. They uh, Let's see. The ringer has Alexei Pokasevsky going there. You look at, wow, so that's the same pick that Bleacher Report had is they have uh, Pokasevsky. Wow, same. Wow, there's a lot. <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of Poku steam here. What do they say on ESPN? A seven-footer who can dribble, pass, and shoot. Pokasevsky is several years away physically but has impressive versatility on both ends. However, several teams are exploring making a trade with the Mavs involving the pick with the Clippers and Lou Williams being a popular choice around the league as a potential trade partner. Interesting. I don't know what to say. I I just don't love that pick. I feel like they, they're better options just in terms of guys that can really help out a team that could use guys that can contribute, right? Um it's tough. That's a tough that's a tough one for me. I I just sit here and I, I think that Neesmith is the better play and I'm gonna stick with it. Now granted, in, in these other in their scenarios here, they didn't have Neesmith available, so that's that's one of the big changes. Um when we're looking at the Nets, by the way, a team that obviously is going to be very, very good. They're going to get Durant back. They're going to get Kyrie Irving back. There's lots to like there. Now, if you look at some of the players that are available, you know, there's there's some there's some guys to like, right? Uh, Josh Green is a guy that could maybe they could look at to add at this point. They want to really grab a really solid defender. I'm going to actually go with that pick. I'm going to take Josh Green here to the Nets. Obviously, they're a team that could potentially be down a wing if they do lose Joe Harris to another team. That's one thing I, I did see uh, Jonathan Cavani mention, I believe, recently. Let's take a look at the other options here, or the other the people, what they picked. Uh, Josh Green is who the Babcock Hoops guys have going there. Uh, well, there you go. See, uh, Jonathan Cavani has Josh Green going here as well, which makes some sense. And he does. He actually does mention the Joe Harris uh, bit. So I think I saw that on Twitter, but he's adding it in right here as well. So that makes some sense, and he's a really solid prospect. Uh, R.J. Hampton would be the pick according to Bleacher Report, but of course he's already off the board. And let's see what they have. Uh, the ringer says Aaron Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith, of course, is off the board in our in our mock, though. So good value there. And now we jump to pick number 20, and that is the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are a really interesting team. Obviously very, very solid team. Got a lot of really solid players. There's obviously some teams out there that... Um, there's been some rumors about them looking to try to add a bigger piece. I think they were one of the teams tied to a potential Russell Westbrook trade, so that could be things to watch for. And when trades happen for any big-name players, I would assume these picks, whether it's the Nets, whether it's the Heat here, I would assume these picks for this season are going to be part of those trades. All right, looking at the Miami Heat, the name that seems to come up more than any other is Jalen Smith. 
This seems to be the area of the draft where he probably makes some sense. I'm a little lower on him than others just because, for me, Jalen Smith is very much just a center. That's that's what he is. It's going to be a center at the next level. Um, can he guard a little bit of the four if, in terms of a switch? If that happens, sure, maybe. But he's just, when you watch him play, to me, he just moves like a center. He screams, I am a center. And to me, that's, that's a, an issue, at least a little bit, um, depending on who's drafting him. For example, the Wolves. I don't like his fit with the Wolves because we already have a center. In fact, we already have two centers. And so, to me, if, if you see him as just a center, I think that limits the teams that can take him. But he's been a very popular pick for uh, a team's looking at the Heat. And so I'm going to go with Jalen Smith here. Uh, taking a look at the other guys, we have Jalen Smith is the pick for Babcock Hoops as well as... I think ESPN says it also. Now, they do have Cole Anthony on the Bleacher Report draft, but he is already gone. And then the ringer, they also have uh, Jalen Smith as well. And so let's take a look at what they have to say on ESPN about the fit here. Looking at, so pick 20, and we have Jalen Smith. Like many big men in this draft, Smith has a fairly wide range, starting in the lottery and extending to the mid-20s. His length, shooting range, and rim protection prowess should make him a fairly seamless fit on most NBA rosters as a modern stretch big man option, and his fit alongside a player like Bam Adebayo is particularly interesting. So there you have it. They they, they kind of say that you know putting him with Bam could make some sense. Obviously, Bam, to me, is going to be obviously a little more uh, mobile. Not that, I don't know, I just watch, my main thing is with Jalen Smith, he's a center, plain and simple. And so you, you really have to look at that fit on any team that takes him. So Jalen Smith, though, is our pick here at 20 to the Miami Heat. And, of course, as we said before, very likely chance that a pick like this could be moved. Now the next team is a, a team that I would feel at this point saying it's one of the more confident selections I'm going to make because there apparently is a promise. And that is the 76ers, my understanding, is that they have made a promise to Isaiah Joe. That's the rumor that's going around right now. It seems like every year... A couple promises slip out, and they are accurate. In this case, I'm going to go with it. Isaiah Joe, I don't think he's going to be there at their later pick. So if they're going to take him, I think they have to take him now. And so we're going to grab Isaiah Joe to the 76ers here at pick number 21. And now as we look at what the other guys say, Babcock Hoops, they have Isaiah Joe at 21. So I'm guessing he believes in that rumor. Looking at Cole Anthony, is who they have going there for on ESPN, but he's already gone, of course. And then we have, let's see, Desmond Bain is who they have him taking on Bleacher Report. And Josh Green on Ringer. So, of course, those players are gone in our draft class, so it makes a lot of sense. And given the, we'll hope that there's some validity to that rumor, grab Isaiah Joe there at pick number 21. At pick 22, we have the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets are one of the better teams in basketball a good young team with a lot of talent on that roster there's a lot to like if you're a Denver Nuggets fan right as a Wolves fan I don't like it right because I want to win and they're <laughs> that's one of our main competitions unfortunately going to be for years to come so what is it that's going to uh, be a nice complimentary piece for the Denver Nuggets all right so the next team on the list we have the Denver Nuggets and there's actually been some reporting done recently uh, first, let me say Babcock Hoops have them taking Zeke Naji, and then Kevin O'Connor is actually reporting now that they are targeting either Zeke Naji or Isaiah Stewart in the 2020 NBA draft. I'm going to look at it this way: if you're going to take, if I'm going to take my board and look at those two players, I mean, I'm going to take Zeke Naji first before I take Isaiah Stewart. 
and that is actually what Babcock Hoops did. They have Zeke Naji going there, and that's the actual direction that I'm going to go as well. I think Zeke Naji is a very good player, and makes a lot of sense if that's the direction they're going for. They want to get a big man, Zeke Naji. Plus, he's a Minnesota guy. I want him going before someone else. So Zeke Naji is going to the Denver Nuggets. Now, it's funny. This is one of those draft spots where people are all over the board. So if you look at, like I said, Babcock hoops, Matt Babcock does have at 22 Zeke Naji. But then you look at Malachi Flynn is who they have on ESPN, which I'll tell you right now, I'm not taking Malachi Flynn over Tyrell Terry if I'm grabbing a guard. And then uh, they have at 22, uh, there you go, Tyrell Terry on Bleacher Report. Tyrell Terry would be a solid pick here, but that doesn't sound like that's the direction they want to go. Now, we look over at the ringer, and he is saying Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, That is his pick here. Now, I have seen Isaiah Stewart's name before. To me, I just don't know about taking Isaiah Stewart before Zeke Naji. Now, the funny thing is, he actually has Zeke Naji going the next pick at pick 23. I'm I'm sticking with Zeke Naji here at pick number 22, though. You know, there's not a lot out there as far as teams that the Utah Jazz are really looking, or players that the Utah Jazz are really looking at. But one name that has come up a few times is Desmond Bain, the other one being our guy um, Jade McDaniels, who I, who I do like. He's a good prospect. But if you're the Utah Jazz, you want players that can contribute sooner than later, right? You want guys that can step in right now. And to me, that is Desmond Bain. I know there's a number of Jazz fans that I've seen that like him. I know David Locke, who uh, covers the Jazz, uh, is, is, it sounds like he's a fan. I did see, I can't think of his name, but reporter for The Athletic that covers the Jazz, uh, felt that Desmond Bain would be a very realistic pick. And so that's the pick we're going. We're going uh, Desmond Bain to the Utah Jazz at this point. I absolutely love Desmond Bain. He's a fantastic prospect, and this is good value here uh, for the Utah Jazz. Next up, we have the... New Orleans Pelicans, they are on the clock in this mock, and we are just going to go with the first round. So we have uh, just a few picks left in this year's Howell mock draft. It's really tough to find a player that is necessarily tied to the Pelicans. Obviously, at this point, given the 24th pick is not something they've had for a long time, right? So looking at that aspect of things, and I say to myself, best player available, maybe get a guy that could check a number of boxes. And to me, the best player available is hands down Tyrell Terry, who really shouldn't be available available at this stage. But just given uh, some of the other players that were already off the board, given some of the fits, some of the uh, teams that players were tied to, here we are. Tyrell Terry going to the Pelicans somehow still available here at this pick. And a very, very good pick. If, you are, if you're a Pelicans fan, this is a home run swing. Now, the thing I want to keep in mind is that this is not my personal draft board. This is not who I think these teams should take. This is me attempting to actually be as accurate as possible with my mock draft. All right. Next up, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I've, you know, looking into this pick, it really sounds like a guy that could be a pretty good value here. I actually think, you know, even based on my, my board, it's probably an okay value here. And I do think this is likely where the player goes. And I have seen him tied to this team a number of times, and that's Jaden McDaniels. I'm going to make him the pick here to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think it's a, a pretty solid pick. I mean, he's a little bit of a project, right? He doesn't come in the league, and he's not going to be this amazing player. He's got to get stronger, and there are you know things he's got to work on. But think about, he was you know listed as one of the top players at one point. So one of the guys that I think is a good value here uh, with this pick at pick number 25. So 
I think it's a good pick. Uh, let's take a look at see what everyone else says. We have Tyrell Terry is who um, Babcock Hoops has going there. Obviously, that's he's gone already. They Jade McDaniels is the pick on ESPN. We have Zeke Naji is the pick on Bleacher Report, and then the Ringer uh, the Ringer actually agrees. They also say Jaden McDaniels is the pick. So next up, you have a pick that to me is not going to be theirs, and that is sitting here at uh, pick number pick number twenty six is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are not going to have this many picks, right? They're not going to keep all their first-round picks. In fact, they've already tried to make some trades. They already tried to trade for Drew Holiday. We talked about this earlier at their earlier pick. So we'll see. But as of right now, let's say they kept those picks. What would they be looking to do at some of these spots? One player that I have seen um, some people look at for them would be a guy like uh, Theo Maldome. And you, you look at a player that if they were to keep all these picks— they can't really have all these rookies, right? I mean, that's just something that's not realistic. So they'd probably want to get somebody that's going to be able to be a little bit of a uh, draft and stash type player. Would they look at a player like Leandro Bomaro? Uh, they, they do have some options in this draft. Likely, they're going to make some trades, of course. In fact, looking things over here, I do think the pick is going to end up being, uh, the guy we're going to go with anyways, is Leandro Bomaro. I think that's a pretty good pick, pretty good value here. I like Bomaro. And he's a guy that doesn't need to come over right away. And I like it. I think he's a very good defender. And he needs to get a shot, obviously, if he's really going to be as valuable as he possibly could be. But arguably, if you're going to take a guy here, and I don't think they will. We've talked about this. It's going to be likely traded, or some of these picks are likely going to be traded. Time will tell. But if they were to keep extra picks, then Balmaro is a great option for the team to look at. So moving up next, we have the New York Knicks are now on the clock with this next pick. Looking at uh, who else they have, uh, the Celtics taking Babcock Hoops, says Elijah Hughes. We look at ESPN, and they are going with uh, Theo Maladone. We have Bleacher Report, and they are going with uh, Jade McDaniels, who's actually already off the board, obviously, in my mock. And Leandro Barmaro is actually the pick for the ringer. So there you go. I think it's a... I think it's a solid pick, good value, and it makes some sense for the Celtics if they were to pick and or keep uh, multiple picks. So now we take a look at the the next pick. It's funny. Knicks are on the clock next, and the ringer actually has Cole Anthony going there. Cole Anthony still being available at this stage would be shocking to me. Um, I really, really would be uh, interested to see uh, what makes teams think that that makes sense for him to really slide that far would be, in my estimation... Uh, pretty remarkable, although I'll say this, Babcock Hoops has it as well. They both have Cole Anthony sliding, and I think that's I think that's absolutely crazy. All right, so looking at the Knicks, a number of players could make some sense. A guy that I would love for them to take here that I think is a first-round talent that may not end up going in the first round is Jay Scrub. Another player that I've, I've heard that they do like and, and would make some sense if they wanted to grab a wing since they already grabbed a guard would be Robert Woodard. Next up, we do have the Thunder and a player they've been interested in and just value-wise, you can't beat it right now at this point, is Alexei Pokasevsky. Just such a high ceiling. There's a lot of question marks when it comes to him. There's a lot of time that's probably going to be needed to really get him where he needs to be to be able to compete really at the high level in the NBA. He's got to get stronger. But all that aside, his ceiling is so high. 
He started to jump up draft boards. I actually think he'll probably go earlier than this. You know, as I get to this point, I say to myself, is he really going to be around here? Because I know his stock has really risen. But in this instance, uh, he's the pick, and I know it's a guy that they like. Uh, at least reports say that. And so there you go. Poku going here at pick number 28. All right, we have two picks left in the draft. First, we have the Toronto Raptors here at pick number 29. All right, so I'm going to have the Raptors select Grant Riller, who would be the best available player on my draft board. I know I have seen some Raptors writers suggest he would be a very good value pick uh, at this spot if uh, if they do pick here. Obviously, there's there's stuff in the air. You never know if they're going to make trades. Who knows what's going to happen? But if they do pick here, Grant Riller, very good value. Fred Van Vliet is a free agent. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is getting a little older. Grant Miller is a fantastic pickup at this stage. Great value, and he's going to step in day one and be able to contribute if they need him to, especially as a scorer. Uh, just so much to like about Grant Riller. And uh, now we have the last pick in the first round. This is going to be to the Celtics. We said it once, we said it again. They're likely to trade this pick. Now, if they don't trade the pick, what are they looking at doing? By the way, before we get to that, uh, Malachi Flynn is who the uh, ringer had the Raptors taking. And then you look at Isaiah Stewart is who they had him taking on Bleacher Report. ESPN, they said Zeke Naji, who in our case was already off the board. And then uh, Jordan Nawara would be the next one on the list. And then uh, we have the last pick in the draft, of course, the Celtics. Xavier Tillman is who they have him taking on ESPN. Malachi Flynn is Babcock Hoops. You have Trey Jones on Bleacher Report. And then the ringer has Xavier Tillman. Uh, and the reason, let's go over what the ringer says. They say the Celtics would love to consolidate their first-round picks, but if they stay here, word is traveling or swinging or swinging on the league that Tillman will be their pick at number thirty. There's some concern over his medical, but he has skills tailor-made for a big in the modern NBA. And you know what? With that, I think we've made our selection. We are going to well, go with Xavier Tillman. Very good value pick here. Meshes well with the other players that we've already taken, and. To me, uh, it's a very good spot for Xavier Tillman to go. And there you have it. That is the 2020 mock draft here on the Howl. Again, if you missed any part of this on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, make sure you give us a listen anywhere podcasts are found. Spotify, Podient, Stitcher, iTunes, all those places we can be found. We'll definitely uh, take a look at... Uh, some of the uh, how this mock draft uh, turned out on next week's show. Maybe take a look at some simulations. Take a look, of course, at how the Wolves do. What do the Wolves end up doing? Do they make a big trade? Do they make a big splash? Are they going to trade back like we talked about at the beginning of this? There's lots of question marks there, and only time will tell. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But a Channel. We are the Howl, and until next week, let me get a howl.